0: Welcome back to the Renaissance Space Podcast, where we have the opportunity to listen and better understand life in education. As part of our Trust Talks, I am delighted to welcome Director of Teaching and Learning at TCAT, Kate Tinsley. She clearly has all things reading and English very much in her heart, including poetry which is mentioned on more than one occasion. So welcome, Kay. I'm absolutely delighted that you've agreed to come on this podcast. I'm really interested in what you've got to tell us because I know you've got a very varied um, role within this very large matte TCAT. So would you like to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of a history and, and what you do? it would be really interesting. Thank you. Oh,
1: It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, um, I work for a very large mat. Um, I'm a mat leader. So I am the director of teaching and learning. uh, But I also have a role leading in reading. um, And that's wonderful because um, I've been an English teacher for quite a scarily long time. So (laughs) I, I worked it out the other day, I think it's almost 30 years. So that's my primary passion. I
0: suppose, in education. And and one looks at those years and thinks, 30 years, where did they all go and what happened? Um, so secondary backgrounds um, and 46 schools. And obviously you're very motivated by what you do. I can hear that in your voice. How does it all work at, at TCAT?
1: Um, well, I'm
0: um, predominantly,
1: um, I work in secondary because we have... Um, 14 secondary schools, but obviously I work across the trust um, as the director of teaching and learning. And um, I suppose what I really love about it is we are a family of schools and and we we have our hashtag TCAT1 family um, and it really is. It's a very supportive um, group of individuals um but yeah I would say it is like a family and um having been a secondary head um it's a very lonely business um and I would say that our secondary heads don't feel as isolated and lonely um as I did Uh, and I'm I'm really certain that they don't because we are part of this larger organization um And the other thing that really works for me about uh, TCAT is my values are completely aligned with the values of the leaders in TCAT. They're all primarily educators. You know, my CEO, absolutely passionate about children and their outcomes and their life chances. So um, whenever I'm talking about reading or things that are important to improve children's life chances, I get listened to.
0: Um, because that's everybody's focus. Fantastic. I think what you say about being lonely um, also often works for classroom teacher as well, even though they're with a, a class full of people all day, it can still feel like a very lonely position. So as a head teacher trying to get through a day with all of the demands on their time, to have somebody coming in and and being a bit of glue really in a nice way to to help satisfy that need. Well, that's really lovely to hear. And so you were a secondary head. Were you sitting there minding your own business and someone came along and said, oh, okay, I've got just the job for you? Well, they, I mean, it didn't really happen like that uh, because actually uh,
1: what happened was I was involved in, um, having been an English teacher for a long time, I was kind of involved more widely in the town um, that I worked in around literacy. Um, and then I had done a master's um in education with um my two now supervisors um who were both doing research into reading in my school they were doing it in 20 schools but my school was one of them and actually that's more of what happened I realized that I wanted to impact more widely across the system so that's why I like this role um, because I can have um, more impact on children's um, uh, reading kind of outcomes and and um helping them catch up in terms of their reading in our schools now and contribute to that kind of debate um, and discussion that we, we are having in a way that we weren't really having about 10 years ago. Um, and that is that's that's really what makes me happy when I really thought about what made me happy in my job. That was it. So that's how I kind of came into TCAT.
0: That's fascinating, um, especially the comment about the reading, because I think even in the last, since COVID actually, that whole fluency and vocabulary acquisition and developing children's understanding and comprehension, it, it sort of it's a sort of juxtaposition almost to reading for pleasure. I mean, ideally they go together, but people were very quick to say, oh, we, you know, children need to be reading for pleasure. They do, but we need some structure and we need people to be teaching that, don't we? And we need people to be unpicking and unpacking that. And it sounds like that's exactly what you want to do. You want to bring those books alive, children, and give them an opportunity for for their future.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they need really focused, explicit instruction in how to learn to read. Um, And they need to focus on comprehension as well as focusing on fluency and, you know, phonics. You know, all of those things need to happen right from early years, right through up until Key Stage 5. And for me, having been ahead and been involved in trying to include children in education and seeing how often it was their reading ages that were actually impacting on their ability to access the curriculum. Um, That's very much um, why I decided to kind of take a bit of a, almost like sideways move in terms of my career um, so that I could focus on, you know, helping more children improve their life chances because it is, you know, it is a fact that our prisons are full of, um, you know, children who have um, been in foster homes and have special education needs, but also children who can't read, who have low literacy levels, you know, and um, that is essentially why I'm so motivated because this this is about you know, children's life chances. If you can't read... Um then you you are going to be significantly poorer in terms of your life chances in so many different ways, and we also know that um children who read regularly have better mental health, you know yes, yeah they because they have somewhere to escape to i mean of course, we know what lovely Marcus Rashford has said um about you know his experience of coming to books late through a breakfast club I mean the schools that welcome children in with a hot chocolate and a book they're doing so much more for children than just you know encouraging them to read it's 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 the safety and the emotional kind of um warmth that a, a book can bring to to your life which is also very important and mental health is so on the
0: agenda right now isn't it it really is also articulating the benefit of of a mat where you know you have got primaries and secondaries there's somebody who's got an overview a sort of through view to to understand that transition and make sure that there's opportunities in place to to catch those children and you know not that others aren't doing that but it's much harder in a primary to have any control over their their future and equally hard for a secondary to have any control over the primary and um, are you geographically sort of well spread or are you all over the country? How how does that work in terms of, you know, yeah, coverage? We're,
1: yeah, we're not we're we're quite disparate. Um so, so our t- schools run. Um, or, I mean, I'm in uh, Chelmsford and Essex on Monday. Um, I was in Gosport, which is okay. just a little bit along the road from from Portsmouth yesterday. Um, I'm I'm in Portsmouth tomorrow. Uh, we have schools in Bromley as well, and a number of schools kind of around the Crawley area. So, we right. are quite disparate geographically, um, and obviously, technology has has brought us together um and you know um renaissance and using um you know a variety of different packages from renaissance and specifically ar has enabled us to kind of come together in a way that that we couldn't before and kind of share expertise and and data
0: so yeah um yeah we are quite disparate though yes but but having that common commonality helps doesn't it because it gives you something solid that you can lean against even if there are a few anomalies you've got some sort of hope and some sort of um hub that that allows people to function around it um so i was going to say you know ask you what 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 really brings joy to your day but i think you've articulated that really well with with your passion and your obvious real depth of understanding around the reading needs of children I don't know if there's anything else, you know, maybe based on the last couple of days that, you know, you saw and you thought, yes, you know, that's happening at last. It's really successful. I, do you know what I,
1: I absolutely um, love? I, um, yesterday I was at a school and a, a child came up to me and just randomly and asked if I would like to read their poem that they had written. And you know that really fills me up. Um and um you know we last year we were both weren't we at your um event um in London around the what kids are reading. Um and that was it was fabulous because um we made a number of connections on that day and one of the connections I made was with the Literacy Trust and there is a lot of research around um the ways that schools can most encourage poor children to write and they really love writing poetry above everything else and that's certainly my lived experience and and it's one of the reasons that um, I'm pursuing a PhD at the minute because I'm focused on poetry teaching which I find fascinating because I do find it's one of those things that really unlocks things for certain children who may you know be put off by you know the kind of more the the formality of of prose you know and writing stories and other types of 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 creative writing so um yeah that that totally fills me up and Aww. the other thing that really fills me up is seeing um the work that kind of comes out of projects like the project we did recently with Geoffrey Barchi, which is incredible. And yeah. I shared some of um, the videos and the work that, that students had done with him. And he was really br- blown away by their Sweet. kind of cross-curricular response to his, um, his novel Musical Truth, which was one of the, the texts that was celebrated at the event last year. So th- those things make my day.
0: Yes, and how lovely when when things come together. And I I did actually do a podcast with Jeffrey Boachie, and it was so inspirational. I mean, I think I was bubbling for about an hour afterwards, thinking, "Wow, what a privilege to speak to someone who's got so much to offer—not um, just to schools, but but yeah. just to the world yeah. generally." Yes, it's incredible, absolutely it's incredible. incredible energy. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible energy. I know during um, we mentioned COVID a couple of times and and things like flipped classrooms were, were brandished about as, you know, oh, maybe this could happen in the future. And I was thinking, no, absolutely not. 100 percent. You know, yes, we've done it. And actually, technology has been amazing and it's allowed us to do it. I'm assuming that you would feel exactly the same, Kay, that, you know, the idea of you being in one room and the children being in another or your your colleagues being in one room and children being in another would be a natural yes. <laughs> I mean, the,
1: this is the interesting thing. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, well, we won't need teachers soon because we've got AI. Um, and I was just thinking, oh, I can't really... I think most parents who might be listening to this who had small children or children of school age during COVID... Would be horrified at the idea that their children might be taught in their bedrooms by AI because it's mm. obviously problematic. Um, I I think that there was so much that was lost for children during COVID. I mean, being in schools. Um, and mean, I'm a huge fan of this educational philosopher called Gert Biester, and he talks about you know the importance of you know what makes a good education. He's written so extensively about that. This idea that you know socialization is part of what children need to do in schools i mean that that kind of you know couldn't happen if you were just being taught by a computer could it Absolutely um not. and i'm i'm very interested by um some of the things that Keir Starmer has been saying um recently and they're quite fleshed out and quite interesting around you know the importance of oracy in the curriculum and and um potentially if they got into power what labor might um kind of bring into to place around, um, um, yeah, speaking and listening and oracy in the curriculum, because I think that's another thing that has kind of got lost in terms of literacy and in terms of pedagogy. Um, children aren't talking to each other enough in the classroom. Um, and there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of receiving of facts and information and a lot of checking that they've received it, but I think there's so much that to be gained from you know dialogic teaching, from children, you know, being able to develop in terms of their learning by talking to each other. And you know, being able to speak and articulate yourself is so important, isn't it? Oh, um, you know, to present wonderful. your ideas and you know, to create and communicate. Um that's that's hugely important to me. Um and i would be, be very excited to see what's happening you know, in the next um in the next couple of years. Um anybody who's heard about Peter Hyman and School Twenty One will be equally, I think, kind of watching what's going to happen. Um and I know Jeffrey was actually involved at school twenty one. He was head of English, I think, at school twenty one. Yes. So yes. he was um, very instrumental in developing their kind of Aorusi curriculum, which is now, you know, um, kind of going, um, getting getting a bit of head, of head of steam nationally. I understand. So yeah, um, I think that's
0: that's going to be very interesting. And I think it it plays right into the whole um, speaking, listening, reading, writing. They're all intrinsic and the sort of passive adoption or passive filling up of a pail. Um, by children not engaging, um, uh, not being able to respond to a question, not being able to have the confidence to contribute. All of that, I think, has been hit by COVID and and people could blame COVID. It's not about that. It's about ensuring that we get it right to fill that shortfall and, and, and make sure that they're equipped for the future.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's no, there's nothing more joyful than talking about no. a book with your partner, is there? In no. class, and you know, uh, learning how to you know that that mental modeling of you know your thought processes when you're reading a book I mean if you want to teach children how to read you have to model the the questioning the predicting the you know the clarifying all of those things that go on with great comprehenders you know teachers need to model that don't they they do and children need to discuss it together, ask each other questions, probe for clarification. It's it's what helps children reposition themselves as stronger readers, isn't it?
0: Completely. Um, I watched a video of my two and a half year old granddaughter reading um, Three Little Pigs and, and she said, and then a man came along with some bricks. Oh, not bricks, sticks. Mummy sticks and bricks sounds the same not the same and then carried on reading it's just like this is a two and a half year old who just loves this story and she's just articulating it um and that's what we should be engendering isn't it and getting 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 right um rather than ticking boxes to say what level has someone got to great and yes of course we need have some sort of attainment and progress that measure but let's get children talking about words any words Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Talking of books, um, you're leaving your lovely job and your 46 schools on the south coast or and, and around the east a bit, and you're going off to a desert island. Um, what are you going to take with you by way of a book to fill the hours? I, do you know what? I
1: know, I know exactly what I'm going to take. And I'm going to take um, a comprehensive kind of collection of the poetry of John Donne. Oh. Um,
0: Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, I read, um, I don't know whether you read this, it's literally my standout read um, this year. I read Super Infinite, which is a biography of John Donne. It's just absolutely uh, fabulous um somebody recommended a publisher recommended it to me i was sat next to this oh, wow. wonderful woman on a on a plane thank you very much lady on easyjet in the summer um, <laughs> and she said read this and it was just superb and um john Dunn, i, I mean I, you, wow you just i could i could take that forever um oh, how lovely it me going forever um i'm very passionate about poetry but i think probably that would be the thing that would fill me up. I, I'm assuming I get
0: Shakespeare anyway. so You absolutely oh. do. And I just assume that you would hide that somewhere in in, in your backpack or wherever, because um, that wouldn't be a, a secondary English teacher who, who hasn't got Shakespeare about their person wouldn't be normal, would it? No. Well, do you know what? This has been so lovely, so easy to talk to you and so lovely to hear what you do and, who you are and and what TCAT are also hoping to do, because clearly you're articulating that through everything you've, you've shared with us this afternoon. So, so thank you very much. Is there anything that you'd like to say that I haven't asked you or that you thought, Oh, I'd just like to mention that. Here's your moment. Okay. No, no, not really. I
1: would just like to thank you, Margaret. And I'd like to thank Renaissance because um it's because of the work that we do with you um that we we're really able to make all these different connections you know work with renaissance is such a great partnership because you know it just leads to all these different kinds of you know avenues and um just promotes such rich discussion um and you know um yeah i just want to say thank you very much to all of you to everyone in the team Thank you very much,
0: Kay. You're very welcome. And as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. And I hope to see you very soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Kay. Maybe all schools need a K around them. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Renaissance Space podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget that you can catch up on all previous episodes at www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.